1: Just after 4 o'clock on Sports 1440 Welcome back, it is the Jason Greger Show Also live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube As always presented by PlayAlberta.ca Alberta's only regulated online gambling website If you haven't tried it, uh, stop in you use the uh, promo code SPORTS50 And you'll get a free play at PlayAlberta.ca The Edmonton owners of course are hosting the New York Islanders Uh, Orders have won one in a row They will look for their First winning streak of the season tonight. Every team in the league, except Edmonton and Chicago, have won at least two games in a row at one point this season. Oilers win tonight, then they play Seattle, a team they've had lots of success with again on Wednesday. And maybe they can start turning things around and get within spitting distance of a wall card spot. We shall see. Uh, meanwhile let's get to the uh, footy report now brought to you by legacy heating and cooling home the no payments no interest for one year on your furnace stay warm all winter legacy and helping your neighbor coming up uh, later on this hour as uh, andy petrillo joins us uh, once again from uh, one soccer and uh, cbc sports andy how you doing how was your weekend
3: it was great, I actually had a weekend off, so I relaxed. I watched the Oilers win, and I watched the Leafs Damn. win. It was a good weekend for me, my friend. <laughs> Wow, watch. Oh, did I did I hit
1: a nerve with the leaves, sweetie? Uh, no, no, well, no, no. Uh, um, hey, I got a family member playing there, so I don't mind when they win, especially when it's the first star. So uh, I'll take that. So that was nice. Um, there you go. Interesting in the in the in the footy world. Let's start with the big one, um, because of course it involves uh Edmontonian Alfonso Davies. All right, Real Madrid's got interest here. What what do you think's gonna happen? I've like, been hearing these rumblings. and we know in soccer, the big name guys move yeah. sometime. What do you make of this? And would it be a good move for Alfonso?
3: Well, you're right. Whenever you hear about rumors, especially in the soccer world, you're always a little hesitant because oftentimes those are rumors that are just completely fabricated by the agent. They're always trying to get – I mean, this is par for the course in the world of footy. Um, agents usually put out all kinds of things, or like little caterpillar legs, and they generate interest for their client. And more likely than not, it's just so their current team – can give them a better contract. Mm-hmm. I fully believe though, that these Real Madrid um, rumors are not, you know, strictly coming from Alfonso's agent. This is coming from Real Madrid. They've said so themselves. This is getting very real. Alfonso has always said that it would, you know, be a dream to play at Real Madrid. Bayern says they want to keep him. So this is all very real. This is all very possible. Uh, there is a window in the summer and I believe he is under contract with Bayern until 2025. They have said as much. Their intent is to sign him. But when Alfonso Davies' agent is not necessarily racing to pick up the phone when Bayern calls, it kind of gives you the sense that they really want to see what can happen with Real Madrid. And if I'm the player, yeah, I'd want to go to La Liga. Uh, it's no disrespect to Bundesliga. He plays for the best team. This is a player who's won the league title because of, you know, playing for Bayern Munich. It's because he's played for Bayern Munich as well that they put together incredible run and won Champions League. Uh, but I, I think if you were to talk to a lot of people in the whole rankings of leagues, a lot of people put, you know, the English Premier League first, and then usually La Liga, the Spanish league, is right there second. So, of course, I think it would be a huge boost for him. And I think a lot of people – would like to see it. It would be historical. Let's just put it this way. I don't know. Again, I think I alluded to it last week. But if you watch that, even that David Beckham uh, documentary, like when he made the move, he even said it was just, it's a whole other like stratosphere. You are on another planet when you go to Spain to play football. And uh, it would just be, um, I wouldn't even know how to wrap my head around it. I have to think out, you know, how I would put it into words. If a Canadian, you know, would go there and also be a pretty substantial player it would just be so massive
1: yeah and it's funny because i've actually enjoyed that beckham uh, documentary it's, uh, it's it's quite interesting but you know for a guy from there and he, and he talked about how different it was i could only imagine what it would be like for for alfonso and exactly do, do you think even from a marketing standpoint for him do you think it would help him if we look just as a business side
3: Without a doubt, because, again, bigger league, bigger exposure. Now you're in a completely different you know, market as well that has its own different kind of reach. And I, I just think, like, Alfonso Davies has already captured the attention of this country, you know, as he should. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know some people might say, well, that's not surprising. But in the world of soccer, where, again, we're in a country where hockey reigns supreme, there yeah. are still some people who would argue that NFL players are still bigger than Alfonso Davies, you know, in this country, we can sit and debate that. And that's, you know, for another day. But I think you completely silence that argument. The second he goes to Real Madrid. I mean, the the guy already makes a ton of money with the, you know, athletes nowadays, Jason, it's the brand, right? So he already makes a ton of money. If he were to put something out on Instagram, I think there was even a, I don't even know these, these different types of companies that come out with rankings and stuff. And they already ranked him as like the most marketable Canadian. And he also, I think is the Canadian who gets the most money to post about a brand on his social media pages. So he's already there and that's with Bundesliga. So now imagine if he goes to Real Madrid, it really is just another level. But having said that, and you and me both on the same page with that David Beckham documentary, which is so amazing. um, You better be careful or I shouldn't say be careful, but just be prepared that your world completely changes. Uh, and it, it is kind of sad, right? Your privacy goes out the window. Uh-huh. Now, mind you, David Beckham had the superstar, you know, wife as well, which that's double the attention from the media. But they are pretty relentless and they'll be all over you. And it is a completely different culture. I'm sure it's a culture shock from the footy perspective. I'm not talking about Spain. Who doesn't want to live in Spain? Oh, my goodness. The food. The, uh. Go there in a heartbeat. Thank you very much. But from a football attention perspective, yeah. it is going to be a massive culture shock.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, TFC had their end of the season presser and hardly anybody was there. Um, how far have they fallen?
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness, Jason. I don't mean to chuckle if anyone heard that, but there was a photo that was posted. I think Neil Davidson from the Canadian press posted, you know, John Molinaro who has his own uh, TFC Republic, you, you can subscribe to this. He's just sitting there all by himself. And I even sent him a message. I'm like, like were there any, anybody on Zoom? He's like, no, Like it was the you know, two of us. And he said some other people kind of trickled in. It, I, I'm sure we can dive into a lot of reasons why that was. I mean, this is a team that held their presser 20 days after they were already out. So a lot of media have kind of moved on, I think. It's a little bit of like, you kind of lost your moment to have your wrap up uh but i also think you know um the other two things i would say is uh, this team has kind of really upset you know the 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 fan base and the media they haven't exactly been the easiest to deal with um they've been very poor performances on the pitch performances off the pitch it's been comical in in a in a sad way right it's been a tragic comedy and i just don't think a lot of people kind of want to you know cover that write about that deal with that And I think what was also just a little upsetting, and and to be also honest with you, Jason, at least for myself, which was a little bit of a turnoff, was we already know, and this is completely bizarre, and I said it could be genius or it could be in the realm of absolute stupidity. Um, You know, they announced John Herdman as the coach on August 28th, and he doesn't coach until the last game of the season. And then Jason Hernandez, in that presser where nobody was at, said that the reason why it also took so long for them to hold the end of season – Um, press conference was because they wanted to give more time for John Herdman to settle in. And I'm thinking, where in Uh the world of pro sport has a head coach been so coddled? So yeah, I think you're going to really turn off a lot of media members, and you're going to turn off a lot of your fans, because I don't think people have faith in what you're doing. And it's incumbent on the organization to prove that they do know what they're doing and to entice people back. And right now, they're just not doing it.
1: Andy Petrillo joins us on uh, Sports 1440. Uh, Montreal makes a coaching change. What do you think the chances are? Edmonton, you know, they just brought in uh, Knobloch uh, from the NHL here. Do you think, uh, is there a CPL coach who's a candidate to go to MLS in Montreal?
3: Yeah, every time this happens in MLS, we always think, all right, you know, can a CPL coach be the one, especially when it's a Canadian club? Um, you know, and there's, there's a firm belief that it would have been a CPL coach who also would have taken over that Toronto FC job if it wasn't for John Herdman's agent, you know, calling, uh, Bill Manning and really pushing to get the job. Um, but yeah, there's a, there, uh, so Olivier Renard, uh, who is the manager at CF Montreal is Belgium and, and the Smyrniotis brothers do have connections over in Belgium. And there's, um, word that they are friends and that Olivier Renard, you know, would like Bobby Smyrniotis to forge FC. Okay. This is, you know, the all-time winningest coach obviously in the Canadian Premier League with that team out in Hamilton, Ontario. He's very well respected uh because of the success he's had in the CPL. They've gained entrance into CONCACAF League and also CONCACAF Champions Cup, so these are massive international tournaments. He has the experience. Um this is someone who's coached a lot of players as well who have either gone on to the national team or have gone on to Canadian MLS teams. And the belief is that uh, Renard wanted him to begin with, and then, you know, the Saputos, the owners brought in Hernan Lozada, Uh, But now there is the real belief that they could push for Bobby Smirniotis. Uh, Palma Ka former CPL coach with Pacific, now in MLS Next, um, there's the belief he could be in the running as well. But, Jason, we know this even when it comes to a job opening with the Montreal Canadiens. The next question is, can he speak French? So I wonder how much CF Montreal... Uh, is going to really put emphasis on that like cuz all the coaches they've had have been able to speak french i believe Paul Meducoc can speak french i don't know if Bobby Smirniotis can but i don't know if they'll break that 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 tradition right of like you kind of have to be able to speak both languages but if they don't insist on french um then yeah i would i would think Bobby Smirniotis would be candidate number 1
1: okay uh, also, the uh, NWSL signed the new broadcast deal. Uh, the league will go from making 1.5 million to 60 million. Yeah, like that's a like 1.5 to 60. How?
3: It is crazy. So they signed a four-year, 240 million dollar deal. And let's just say, right on 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 the surface, and even if you go past the surface, this is phenomenal. This is excellent. Uh, 60 million dollars a year. I really hope a lot of the players, you know, obviously see that money. I really hope the women can finally start making really good pro money, and they don't have to rely on national teams to be able to, you know, supplement the salary or rely on making a ton of money with their national federations because they're not being compensated rightfully by their pro teams. So this is a huge um, you know feather in the cap and congratulations to the NWSL for doing this hasn't been easy starting leagues are not easy I feel like i repeat myself every time when i talk about the canadian premier league and then even you know project 8 with uh, the women's domestic league that wants to get started here it's not easy and NWSL signed this deal over just over a decade of existence yeah. right so it's been it's been a rocky you know 11 12 years for the uh, for the league and they've they've withstood the storm So they signed this big deal. I'm a little, um, I'm curious to see how it plays out because I am of the belief, Jason, that, you know, it is good to spread the rights out.
1: I don't necessarily think
3: it's always good to have the rights on like one one network. Yes,
1: agreed wholeheartedly. But,
3: yeah, but I, I do wonder if it's a little too much here. So they're with CBS, ESPN, Amazon, and another streaming service. So I really think it'll be incumbent on the NWSL to really get their scheduling right. Because half the battle is making sure your fans know where to find you. They need to know where to find you on any given night and what time. And, you know, so there needs to be some sort of consistency. Because when you're spread a little too thin, um, it can get a, maybe a little confusing for the fan. But I do think that's a great idea. Now, the first question that comes to mind for a lot of people is, this is going to be great news for the Canadian Domestic League. I would say yes and no. Yes, because it shows that there is a willingness to invest in the women's game. And it's not just investment out of the goodness of your heart. It's investment because they've seen the numbers. And the, the NWSL has been pulling in, quite frankly, similar numbers to Major League Soccer. So the numbers are there. So it's not investment out of the goodness of their heart. It's investment because they're savvy business people. So, yes, there, there's the encouragement of that. But I would also say it's difficult to compare USA market, Canadian market. And I know we're so tempted to do so all the time because culturally we're very similar. Um, but at the end of the day, we just don't have anywhere near the population, which means we don't have anywhere near the corporate dollars, which means yeah. we don't have anywhere near the eyeballs, just the plain old fans 100%. that they would. And we don't have as many networks, Jason. We just don't in this country. No. I mean, look at us, right? I mean, I work for one soccer who's a startup to try and disrupt the market here in the world of soccer. And, you know, you've got this great radio and podcast thing going right now as well. Like we're, we're trying to expand the sporting market in Canada because it's, it's nowhere near where it even is in the United States. So, yes, it's encouraging. I think if you're Diana Matheson and Project 8, but at the same time, it really is apples and oranges when you're talking about those kinds of dollar amounts.
1: Andy, as always, we appreciate a great rundown. Uh, enjoy the week. We will talk to you next Monday.
3: Always have a blast.
1: Bye. That is uh, Andy Patrillo from uh, CB, C and uh, One Soccer. Um, Four We'll return. Uh, Butch Goring, oh, sick name, great helmet. Uh, we'll t- give us the Islanders rundown next. On the Monday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live on Owners Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 428, welcome back. Sports 1440, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. We got uh, Spec Kevin Woodley, coming up. Also, uh, help your neighbor and uh, much, much more. Actually, you know what? We'll do help your neighbor right now at uh, Legacy Heating and Cooling. What's up for grabs? Somebody's going to win a brand new high-efficiency furnace, baby. You're going to gift it to someone in your circle. They can't live with you. They have to own their own home and reside within 100 kilometers of Edmonton. It's that simple. You're going to win tickets to the order game on December 8th. You also get the uh, thermostat or Echo Be Smart uh, installed in your home. It's your choice, either one. But most importantly, you're going to give someone a brand new high-efficiency furnace. It's the Goodman one. comes with all the five-year labor, 10-year parts warranty. Uh, It has all the inspection fees included, the permits, everything. comes with a new thermostat and they will dispose of the old. Furnace. Very easy today. We'll see how uh, how well you're paying attention to the new head coach. Text your name and the word Knoblock spelled correctly to 833-401-1440 right now. Knoblock with your name. We'll pick a random winner and uh, you'll be qualified to help your neighbor and win a great prize. In the meantime... Let's uh, go around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. And hey, the Fan Day deals are back. You can get a Big Mac, a McChicken, or a fillet of fish for only $4 every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at McDonald's. We are joined now by a uh, multiple Stanley Cup winner. He is an ace analyst for the New York Islanders. Butch Goring joins us once again. Butch, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
4: Uh, I'm doing well, thank you very much. And I find it very interesting, you know, giveaways. Most people give away cars, but given you live in Edmonton, you give away a furnace. I just think that's interesting.
1: <laughs> wow, that's uh, giving away cars—that's a pretty big deal. But yeah, no brand new furnace. That's uh, that's great. Um, uh, we do it to help your neighbor, because yes, yeah, hey, somebody needs a furnace man. at winter time, it can be a big, a life, a life changer and a lifesaver for sure. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Speaking of uh, changes, the the Islanders didn't make a lot in the off season. Um, you know, Lou Lamarillo's historically has been very loyal to his group and he felt like, you know what, we'd made some changes last season and we thought we'd come in and now we'd be better as a group and offensively, they're they're still searching for more offense. Butch, when you watch the game, what is it about the Islanders' offense that is lacking?
4: Well, I think more than anything else, it's uh, it's probably consistency. They have moments of, you know, as an example, of the other night, they played well. They had over 100 attempts and uh, they weren't as awkward as they, uh, as they need to be, but uh, I think it's the consistency effort from from this club. Uh, you know they've uh, uh, played well for the first forty and then given away three or four home games uh, in the third period. So, you know, as you know in this league, you you've, you've got to play sixty minutes. Uh, everybody's pretty much on par, and so I think for the Islanders, more than anything else, um, it's it's consistency. I mean, you know, they have Horvat for the whole year this time. They have Engvall for the for the whole year. Um, so I, I mean, those are. Uh, I think assets that the Islanders were looking at from a manager standpoint and thinking, okay, we've we've been pretty good over the last couple of years and we've added a couple of key players. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, but it's been a bit of a struggle. 100%.
1: Uh, now, uh, Sorokin, of course, one of the best goalies in the NHL, and it's kind of unique. They've been on an eight-game rotation between him and Varlamov, and you know, Sorokin, most other goalies, they'd be like, hey, 907, that's pretty good. For him, it's kind of below it. Now, is that number not reflective of how he's played Butch, or is he just being a little bit off compared to the high level he's usually playing at?
4: No, that's uh, that's not a reflection of his play. I mean, he's had games where he's lost where, uh, he, he's been outstanding. I mean, they could have got beat four. They got beat four two, and it could have been seven or eight two. I mean, uh, this guy makes saves and uh, and just does things that the average goaltender just can't do. So, uh, his goals against average is his save percentage is not who he is. I mean, he, without him and Varlama, who's been sensational, yeah, uh, the Islanders would would be uh, in a pretty deep hole. They've, as like I said, they've had their moments where they've been okay, but uh, for the most part, it's the uh, it's the goaltending that's really kept them in, in games
1: where's matt barzell um when you 85 points as a rookie and he hasn't come close to that since um, was the 85 just an unreal year butch do, do you still he has he got more to give offensively where's barzell at and how has he adapted to the switch to the wing
4: well it's taking him some time to, to to free himself up to get into uh, his head how to play uh how to play wing but I have to tell you that his last three or four games have been what everybody expects from him, uh, you know, superstar-like, um, controlling the play, the most dominant player on the ice uh, game after game. So he's really uh, found a new level. And, and uh, when I've asked him about it, I go, what's what's happening now? What's the difference? And he goes, Butch, I'm just – I'm finally starting to understand where I have to be uh, playing wing, where I can be effective, where I can get the puck. I mean, he's a guy that needs the puck and um, – you got to put yourself in position to get the puck. You know, either uh, retrieve it or get a pass from someone. And I think when uh, when you play wing, and and I never played wing, but I think when you play wing, you have a tendency to stand and expect the puck to come to you. Whereas a centerman, you you know, you're working down low, you're getting yourself in position, and and things come to you more uh, quickly as far as a puck's concerned. So I think he's starting to understand that. just because he's a winger, doesn't mean he has to stay on the boards.
1: The uh, have you when you talk to me, He's starting to understand where he has to go. Does he feel maybe it's better suited for him to be a winger? Or does he? Do you think ultimately he's a better centerman?
4: I think all us centermen want to play center. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just it's the it's the freedom that that you have, and there's a lot more responsibilities. Uh, you know, but more more time in your own zone and and better coverage and that kind of stuff. But I think. You know, for guys that have grown up their whole life and have played center, I I think if you ask them, I think they're going to tell you I'd rather be a centerman. But as I said, I I think he's made a nice move to the uh, to the wing. His last three or four games have been really good. So um, you know where he is some day to day. uh, But I don't think he'd ever complain if they put him back at center.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Looking at the at the rest of their lineup, and you mentioned their offense, uh, it's been inconsistent. But so. I don't know if it's magically suddenly going to find its way there, right? Cause they haven't been a good offensive group for, for a few years, but so how, how are they going to win? Like if the Islanders are going to be successful offensively, where do they have to attack offensively?
4: Well, I, I think number one is their power play has to be good. I mean, over the last few years, it's it's been abysmal. Uh, this year it's been, it's been better. It's been good at times and, and then uh, not so good. And, and, and you know, And you know very well that the power play for me is not about percentages. It's when you score, you know, you're down a goal, you're up a goal, and you have a chance, especially in the third period, to to score a goal. Those are the ones that you need to get. And they haven't really been able to do that on a continual basis. So that's one of the areas. And, it was, as I said, they they had 100 a, a attempts at the net. So, I, I mean, I always say, you know, during the broadcast, every goaltender in this league goes down. So I don't know why anybody shoots it low. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be whipping it up at the top shelf all day not, all day long. And if I fired it over, so be it. But I wouldn't shoot low. So, to me, that's always something that I say on the broadcast is, uh, you know, why are you shooting low all the time? But, you know, what, the game is uh, – you know, I'm not on the ice. I'm – It's a fast game today, and so it's a lot easier game for me to play in the booth.
1: The orders, of course, uh, make a coaching change. Sometimes there's a coach bump. I don't know if there's a guilty conscience, too. I'm not sure which one's more of it, uh, when you're a team that, cause the orders have underachieved. There's no question about that. Uh, the players to a man have to be better. Connor McDavid's 130th in NHL scoring. Obviously, that's below his standard. Uh, Leon Dryside isn't in, <laughs> in the top 20, right? Uh, the orders have given up way too many goals. Uh, you played like, what do you expect from the orders, uh, tonight? And, you know, from, from a, from a far distance, Butch, uh, were you surprised at the Woodcroft change?
4: Uh, no, not not really. I mean, you know, whenever your team is struggling and, and the expectations for, you know, from last year to this year, you know, they, they change. And um, so it doesn't surprise me. I, I, I do, though, because I've been in the same spot as, as Jay has been. And bad goal pending makes for bad coaches. And it's just that simple. And from everything I've heard, Uh, Their goaltending was not very good. I think it's probably fairly evident. They sent Jack Campbell down to the minors. He's, what, on a four- or five-year deal. So uh, I don't care what kind of coach you are. It's it's really difficult to win games when your goaltender can't make the big saves. And it's also very frustrating to the players. You know, you're playing hard. You get some chances. Their goalie stands on his head, and then they get a soft one. That's that's a really uh, frustrating way to play. So, um, you know, I feel bad for Jay. He's done a great job, and he'll probably get another opportunity. But... Uh, as I said, bad goaltending makes for a bad coach. Yeah,
1: and that's valid. Is it equally frustrating when you get great goaltending and no offense?
4: Uh I I I don't know. I okay. i you know, I've talked to Sorokin about that, you know, he's playing some games where he's been unbelievable and you know i go dude what you feeling on you know you you got beat 2-1 and you you know you stood on your head and he goes butch i i just want to win games i don't i don't care the guys will do what they can do and i'll do what i can do so i think generally speaking i think that uh, uh goaltenders are uh you know they're different there's no question about it but i think at the end of the day i think you know the team wants to play well it wants to have a chance to uh to win a hockey game and and not to be redundant, but, you know, that goalie's not there for you. You know, you just don't have a chance and, you you know, you can't find a way to get uh, get over the hump.
1: One last one. When you look at, uh, I guess, Adam Pellick, what's the update on him?
4: Uh, I, I don't know if he's back in the lineup or not. Honestly, he's been day to day, as Barry Trotch used to say, day to day, but not today. Uh, but I think he's pretty close. So uh, they certainly need him um, just to uh, get some, uh, you know, some veteran presence, some some steadiness. He's got that long stick. He's, you know, can hopefully can keep Connor McDavid to the outside. But uh, really, don't have an answer for you. Uh, as you guys know, Lou doesn't let out a lot of news at any point in time.
1: <laughs> uh, very true, Butch. We appreciate this. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for your time.
4: Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you.
1: That's uh, Butch Gorn, a longtime analyst for the New York islanders it's 439 jason gregor connor hanley with you um uh, we'll get to uh, our winner for uh, help your neighbor coming up next we have uh five questions uh, mark specter also uh kevin woodley and more on the jason gregor show presented by play Alberta.ca live in the e well studio that's e w e l.ca for all your electrical needs 443 on sports 1440 Jason Greger, Connor Halley, with you. And uh, congratulations, Brian, was our lucky qualifier today in Help Your Neighbor. Brian, how are you, my man? I'm fantastic. Yourself, Greger? Good. So uh, you've qualified, which means you get one of the brand new sports 1440 hats. Looking uh, pretty sharp. Uh, Then you'll go into the draw. We do the draw next Monday. And uh, if you're drawn, uh, you will, of course, uh, be able then to gift someone in your uh, circle a brand-new high-efficiency furnace, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, do you know anyone who is worthy of needing a new furnace right now?
0: Uh, the brother-in-law's house is getting up there, so he might be due for one.
1: All right. Well, do a little research this week, because uh, if you win, you want to make sure you're gifting it to someone who uh, truly needs it. And uh, if you win, you'll also be getting the uh, Google Nest or the Ecobee Smart Thermostat in your home and the tickets to the orders in the Wall game on Friday, December 8th. So uh, stay on the line. con Man will get all of your information. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. There you go. It is, uh, it's that easy. So we have four days left for people to qualify. And next Monday we will do the draw. Four o'clock hour and somebody is going to win a prize for themselves, which is pretty sweet. But more importantly, you're going to be able to change someone a significant impact in their life. It's like $7,000 prize, man. For lots of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, that is a huge, huge benefit that will help them for a long, long time. So stick to win. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll do it again. Your chance to qualify in the 4 o'clock hour. Now, let's go to 5 questions, or 5 questions, as uh, Connor likes to call. Brought to you by The Brick. Uh, Stop in at The Brick. Uh, They're committed to saving you more with The Brick's holiday price guarantee. You can shop with confidence that you're getting the lowest prices right now at The Brick and thebrick.com. The (laughs) Brick.
3: It's time for five questions on the Jason
0: Greger Show. All right, Jason, a question number one. And obviously, uh, we know what happened for the Edmonton Oilers over the weekend, a little bit of a trade. So I'll ask you this to get the show going. With very little time under Coach Knobloch, what, if any, changes will you expect to see out of the Oilers tonight?
1: Not very much, as he said, right? There's going to be small little tweaks. Um, He's going to focus on the zone defense. That's what he wants. Now, they haven't had a full practice, but still, zone defense isn't that hard. This is NHL players. So uh, they'll go over it. Um, I'm curious. We already saw it with uh, McDavid and Dreissel. It'll be split up. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if we see any sort of tweaks to the penalty kill. And uh, who's used a different time. So that's what I'll be watching, because obviously the penalty kill has been brutal. Yes, uh, I mean, I, I just hope to see everyone's top
0: effort. I don't want to see anybody uh, lazy on the back check, anything like that. You better throw some hits. You got to impress the new coaches. Uh, try to have a good impression of them in game one. So I, that's what I want to see. Just high intensity, high work ethic, get the crowd into it early, and hopefully everything else will come with it. Uh, question number two, how long before we see Jay Woodcroft back behind the bench at the NHL
1: level? It's a good question. He's got a pretty good resume now as, a, as an NHL head coach. So you look at teams that that might be looking to make a change the rest of this year. Uh, I think Ottawa is one. If they, you know, if they keep floundering or just hovering around five hundred, that could happen. Um, you know, the San Jose Sharks. I'm not even sure what's the point to make a coaching change during the season, right? Like I, I don't see them going anywhere. Uh, they're not that good. They're not that talented. I don't think their coach is that good to be honest. So um, you know, might be in the off season. And, and you know, there'll probably be four or five jobs up for grabs. I think, uh, you know, Jay Woodcroft's been around, you know, he's coached for a long time. He's probably got a lot of connections. I will say next year he'll be coaching.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Probably start of the season. I, I think he'll end up somewhere uh, for sure like you said uh, just with the coaching jobs up for grabs I don't know what the opportunity would be but it does kind of lead into our next question you threw out a team that, that I was already thinking of but with uh, Woodcroft moving on or being fired is there a coach that you think could
1: be on the hot seat and could be fired next? Well DJ Smith there's that's the easy one for me I don't I'm not sure there's there, there's many others that would jump into that category I think he is the uh, he is the obvious one um you know I know the Islanders but uh, are, are you gonna fire the coach when you made no changes to your team? Um hey, they just fired him in Edmonton, so I, I get it. I get it. You probably could do it, but yeah, I'll say Smith. I'm not sure, you know, after that there's many, but let's be honest, fourteen games ago nobody thought Jay Woodcroft was on the hot seat, so it can change quickly.
0: Yeah, that's who I had too, but uh why don't I throw in Dean Evison? Uh mm. maybe not a great star for the wild. He's been there for a while. They haven't got out of the first round, so maybe that one. But I uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think out in Ottawa that's probably the obvious one. Uh, Question number four. Bills Broncos tonight. Okay, play Alberta if you wanted to. You could go over there and have some fun right now. But uh, I've asked you guys about this in the past. If you were to take anyone for an anytime touchdown, who do you think is this? No. Who's your play? Not the safe bet.
1: Who's your play? Um... <laughs> Well, it's the Bills. How can it it not be? Like, I know the Broncos beat, but I just, I got to go with the Bills. Like, uh, I can't find them losing at home on Monday night. But how about for any
0: time touchdown? You got to pick one player to score. It's a fun prop bet. Oh,
1: Uh, well, I'll go with Josh Allen again. I think Josh, I (laughs) I got it last week. I think Josh (laughs) Allen's rushing touchdown. That's one of the easiest ones to pick.
0: For my fantasy purposes, down 18 points, I need... James Cook and Dalton Kincaid to get into the end zone. So Kincaid might have a better chance. (laughs) Very much likely. You don't need uh, Latavius Murray coming in there scooping up those touchdowns out of Cook's hands. And a final question for you. Our friends at 96 The Breeze, as I'm sure you've heard, are into their Christmas music this year. That means we get it in the hallways. So I want to ask you, is it too soon for Christmas music, Gregor, or are you into
1: it? It's a a very interesting question because uh, as I was doing my prep, I'm you know, I'm in there and I'm listening to like, it's with the Christmas week? I'll be honest, <laughs> I don't want to be a grinch. I think it's too early. I'm more of a I'm more of a month guy. December 1st comes, now I'm into it. Like, you know, we just had Remembrance Day. Uh, I don't know, we got American Thanksgiving coming up that I know we're like well, we're not American, but I'm like it doesn't matter. I'm a sports guy, so it's a big thing for me. So I would uh, yeah, I think it's uh you know, if you want to go on November 24th, a month, I can live with that. But anything prior, a little bit early for, for me. I don't. It doesn't bother me that people do it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, and
0: I'm someone who does get into the holidays, Christmas, Halloween. You know, Ashley and I will decorate the condo up and have a good time. But we're not going until December 1st. And I will admit, there was a few songs I was kind of humming along to, feeling it. But then I just thought, we've got, what, six more weeks of this? It, it might get a little tiresome at some point. So for me, I I love the holiday season, but December 1st. Got to make it until December, and then I kind of enjoy it a little bit more.
1: All right, that's fair. It's funny, because I like a lot of Christmas songs, but sometimes it's like a little bit too early. But I know some people love it. Like, they love it. So good on them. I'll never, you know, it's like I know lots of people have their Christmas tree up. Right, really? Oh yeah. I see, people with the, some people put it like Dave McCarthy. I think Dave's got his up like uh, his was up November first. I think it was. We'll ask him tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he's a November one guy. But I know people who put it up early. It comes like December 26th. It's out, right? So it, it kind of all depends. I I guess maybe it depends what you grew up with. We were always like put the Christmas tree up around December 5th, something like that, and then we took it down after New Year's. And it stayed up uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's and then uh, took it down after New Year's. So other people put it up early, late November, because uh, they get rid of it on the 26th. So I don't know what's right. Like, I like the tree. I think it looks great. Like, I love the look of it. Right. And I love the smell of a real tree. You have a real Christmas tree in your house? It's a little bit of a game changer. I'm just saying. Um, Sadly, I don't have one. Right. Now, we we do what I got a really nice tree, but I do prefer a real tree. I get all the environmental stuff, so trust me, I know, but it's like the smell of the real tree. You don't get that with a fake tree, right? And I, and I don't, don't get me some air freshener that says, yeah. pine tree. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. So there you go. Texts are fine in today, hot and heavy at 833 401 1440. Uh, guys, November 1st is premature tree ejaculation. <laughs> ah. uh, classic. And hey guys, uh Christmas is a good time for uh, judging and if you have a good hockey team. Ooh, anything uh, the American threshold is a good for both. Well, eh, maybe fair. So the orders got a few weeks here to turn things around. <laughs> right, like, do you feel the I guess that'd be my easy question. I wonder how many fans feel like the orders are a good team that's just performing badly, or are they not that good? I wonder
2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com
1: slash host. Where you come out at, honestly, I still believe the Orders are a good team underperforming. And once they want to come in now, you can ask the valid question. Do they need another goalie? Yeah, I think they do. Stuart Skinner can't play every game. So, um, I guess maybe Calvin Pickard can play now. We'll see. Right? Like, I wonder when you're going to see Pickard. That That's an interesting one to me. Uh, well, you know, we obviously saw Jack Campbell in the minors. Not much of a difference. So, you know, could you trade for a goalie? They'll try, but trading for goalies is difficult. No one's giving you one for free. Unless you can, you know, and, and trying to find the Kippersoff. Like, seriously, since Kippersoff, which other team has has went out and found that guy. <clears throat> a lot of people thought Minnesota did it with Gustafson, and now look at his season this year. Right? Goalies. Now, obviously, system play has something to do with it, no question. Right? Like the Minnesota Wilds penalty kill. Did you see it? They gave up. I, 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 this is a, like I had to read the stat line three times because I was watching part of the game here and there, and then I was like, God, they scored a lot. Of, they gave up a lot of power play goals tonight, so I looked afterwards. Five. Their penalty kill allowed five goals last night, but how about this? Their power play allowed two shorties in the same game. Five power play goals, two shorties. What the? Uh, you know what? It's a good thing for the Wild. They're going to Sweden and get away here. I have a trip. Uh, who's going? Detroit, Ottawa, Minnesota, and Toronto for Sweden, uh, and then they start games I think on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, they probably, you know, Minnesota maybe needs that flight over there. But that that's a stat you don't see very often, for sure. Hey, Gregor, are you still renting a tree? No, I never rented a tree. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that's a thing. But, oh, man, I couldn't believe it. Rent a tree. Why? I want to get a, you know. They, I know they rent the real trees. Like, I kind of like the theory of it, but to me, it's going to be hard to put that bad boy back, right? It's a tough one. It's a lot of responsibility, too. I want to rent the tree, and then it dies. Now you're on the hook. Let's get to the uh, lineup tonight brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. It's a brand-new state-of-the-art facility in Sherwood Park just across the road from Millennium Place down from Sherwood Ford. If you've been there, this place is unreal. How about this? They have a 91,000. Yeah, I didn't say that wrong. 91,000 liter test pool that you can service your boats in. Check it all out. It's awesome. So check it out at Power Sports and Marine in Sherwood. Park the uh, lineup, us, the new coach, a few changes. Not major. Skinner's in goal. Nurses with CeCe. Bouchard's with Ekholm. Dejarnay's with Kulak. No changes there. Up front, McDavid centering. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Sam Gagne. Basically, uh, every four, uh, there's a little symmetry there, cons. 89 plus four, 93 plus four, 97. We'll see. See if that works. Then you have Leon Dreisettle Centering, Evander Kane, Zach Hyman. Ryan McLeod with Fogle and Holloway, which is a line, you know, they started out with. And then you have Lavoie with Ryan and, uh, James Hamlin in between them at center ice. Uh, Connor Brown did skate today with the main group and is getting close to returning. You might see him on Wednesday. We'll see. If not Wednesday, it's going to be Saturday. It's one of the two for, uh, for Connor Brown. So he is getting close. And I think when Brown comes back in, there's a good chance you might see him on the top line. I know Sam Gagne, it's a great story. It's all, but I don't think Sam Gagne is a top six answer for your team long term. I don't think that's where he helps your team. All right? I They he can help on your second power play unit. You know what? Uh, if he's going in a game, you can bump him up for sure, but I don't think he's a regular guy in your top six. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't necessarily see that. He's smart enough. There's no question about that. But I, I'm not sold that that's where they want him to be long-term on this team. And the one thing I'll be interested about... Knobloch was very honest. He says, hey, it's going to take me a while to make this my team. As far as, you know, you make some tweaks, you start with some small things, and then he's going to keep adding things as they go, right? Um, He feels like the one thing they do, they want to play faster. So that's a big onus on him, play fast. They really want the defense to move the puck quickly out of the zone. There's going to be a zone defense, which isn't a shock. Right? People are like, oh, that's why they couldn't win because of zone defense. It's such a cop-out. Ugh, drives me up the wall. You tell me NHL players can't play zone defense? Execute. Figure it out. It's not hard. Lots of teams do it. This is not rocket science here. You're playing zone defense. It's not difficult. So uh, look for that in. And uh, the big one will be trying to eliminate. And uh, as Paul Coffey said, play the odds. Play the odds. If you have the puck at a certain place in the D zone, you're here. Play the odds. Is this a high percentage chance i can make the play i'll try it if it's a low percentage chance then i'm not doing it that's what they want them to start thinking more about eliminating the low risk plays especially in your own zone but even at the offensive blue line look at the uh, you know prime example san jose two to one early in the third period darnell nurse just puts it into the corner ryan mcleod who knows what happened the play keeps going on maybe just ends up in a two two tie who knows I, I can't predict the future but we do know that what happened was you don't put it deep, turnover, goal. Ultimately lose the game. So they're going to try that. And that's a lineup report brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Coming up, Speck will join us. And we got Kevin Woodley on the goaltenders. We'll hear more from uh, Chris Knobloch, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, as well after a Connor Hanley Sports 1440 update brought to you by Evanton Kubota. And we know it's coming eventually. I know we're not talking Santa Claus. That'll be awesome when he arrives. But eventually, the snow is coming, so plan ahead and get all the great snow removal equipment that they have right now at Edmonton Kubota and all the great accessories to help relieve the stress of snow removal. & Kubota. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes.
0: Flat, rounded, textured, or tall—whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.